Okay, I'm coming to you today with a very special episode. Normally we have three major topics and I hit on areas having to do with money and marketing and building yourself. Today it's gonna be a little different. I wanna talk to you about the dangers of being excluded and being excluded yourself. So we all know and those stereotypical issues of being excluded that can start in high school. The prom queen or the homecoming queen thinks she's too school too cool for school. Maybe it's the jocks for you. And you couldn't sit at their lunch table. They wanted nothing to do with you. Uh, girls are jealous, all of it, right? On the bus in high school, I was bullied. I was excluded from the cool kids in the back of the bus. If I got too close to the back of the bus, one of the biggest bullies, the ringleader, would come and sit on me. She's now a life coach. Isn't that amazing? Anyway, moving on. Nowadays, kids are excluded. We have big problems. They're excluded in group chats that maybe there's a private text message that they are not included on. They're not invited to parties or the movies or whatever kids are doing these days. At the end of the day, exclusion means that others don't want you around. While it is easy to say that, oh, you know, it's all about them, it's not about you, even at, the, at my age, it can hurt. Now, here's the part that I've been really um, not struggling with, but thinking about a lot, contemplating, shall we say. When we exclude we not only really hurt people, but we set them up for some danger. You see, we're all hardwired for connection. We all want to belong. We may make it difficult on other people to accept us, but at the end of the day, we all just wanna to belong to a group. We wanna know that we can fly away, leave the nest, and come back to a safe space. This is what I've always taught my daughters. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens between us, you can always come back to our home of unconditional love where we will be there to support you. See, when people are excluded and don't have that feeling of unconditional love and support, they emotionally freak out. They feel lost without friends and family, kind of like they're floating around in space. And they attach to something that might not be that healthy for them just because they want that sense of belonging. You see, when you're excluded, you don't feel very worthy. Those who should be closest to you and give you that un unconditional love make you feel as if you're less than. In my adult life, I've seen this in two major areas. The first is that I have seen family exclude another whether it be a child for not wanting to um, become the right profession that the parents have always dreamed of that child becoming. And I've also seen it in the areas of divorce. In both of these situations, someone is excluded from friends and family. Now, the divorce stuff is a little harder for me to talk about. What I wanna do though now is explain a little bit about what happens when family excludes another family member. And I've recently come to a realization in this that I look forward to sharing with you because it's pretty profound. So let's say there's a family where the son, everybody's an attorney. Grandpa was an attorney. Great grandpa was an attorney. Grandpa was an attorney. Dad is an attorney. All the sons and daughters become attorneys and their significant others become attorneys as well. And then there's the one son and he doesn't want to become an attorney. He wants to be an artist. 
At first, the family thinks that this is a phase. Oh, let's, you know, let him work through it. But suddenly they realize that he is not becoming an artist and they don't know what to do with him. And he is shunned from the family. You can't do this to us. You're an embarrassment. You'll never make it in the world if you aren't an attorney. Or the kicker for me, our dream is for you to become an attorney. They don't see a place for him in the family law firm anymore. He could be a talented artist who could do the marketing and work on the logo, but that doesn't make sense to them. In fact, they don't even really find a place for him in the family anymore. So he isn't invited to a lot of the gatherings. It's too embarrassing for them. His existence is tolerated, but he's not part of the flock anymore. Now, imagine that there's a bigger event and the son has to be invited. So we're talking wedding or unfortunately a funeral and everybody's on edge. The family has judged him so harshly and his choices and what they've decided is that now he's going to probably act a little crazy. He's done absolutely nothing to deserve this. This is just what they believe. So imagine being that son. You are sitting there surrounded by all that judgment in the air. It's bad enough what the family has done to him, making him feel less than, but now he doesn't even feel welcome at a family event. But now let's say the son looks around and notices that there's extended family and family friends and they supported the parents and the rest of the family. How crazy is that? And he looks at those other parents and he says, wow, your kids aren't all that perfect. Couple of them dropped out of college. Couple of them are living in your basement. Maybe someone had a child out of wedlock. Why did I get ousted? Here's why. Because those extended family and friends like to live in chaos. They actually enjoy joining those who are creating misery for themselves. They pat them on the back. Oh, it's so sad he's not an attorney. And then no one has to look at what's going on in their life. You see, they actually did have a second choice. They could have stopped all the drama. They could have sat the family members down and said, look, you don't want to do this. There are serious implications here for your family long-term and for your son, who all he wants to do is be an artist. But it, that's risky because they would have to go against the family. It's easier to go with the drama. The pity party the family needs is easier to support than going against them. It's easier to puff up someone's ego than to ask that they think at a higher level. It's easier to point at the oddball because here's the other thing. The oddball is following his own path, which many of them were never allowed to do. So they're not only jealous, but on a subconscious level, they, he did something that they can't even comprehend, that they weren't allowed to do. And he's no longer justifying everybody else's existence and choices. And that is the problem. So it was easy to oust him. They all needed their villain. No one had to look at their own life. And here's the other thing that I noticed. Those who stoked the fire, the pitchfork carriers, they carry a lot of control now. Now 
someone's out. There's more room for them in the family. When you eliminate people, you make other space. And the original family is too ignorant to notice. They enjoy the pity party. They enjoy the sob story that they can continually tell. They enjoy the attention. They strangle their story to the point of hurting themselves. And yet they don't notice because they're too in their story that no one else would ever abandon their child over this. So they all lost. This son of theirs, this oddball, had a lot to contribute to the family. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a family full of whatevers, someone different can add different perspectives. We all do things that are beyond our professions. So we all have hobbies that we can talk about. And if the family has nothing else to talk about with law, then law and the fact that they're all attorneys, that's a problem in itself. When I've heard of parents doing this to their children, I've often questioned what is the child's actual crime? Following his or, own, his or her own path? Like, is that all you got? Imagine if we had all had that luxury. But usually their only crime is that he hasn't become an attorney and he embarrassed me. I was in shock. I couldn't handle it. Look, there's a lot of parents out there who deal with a lot more than this. He wasn't an addict. He didn't ask you for money. Wasn't living on the streets. I know of parents of addicts when the addict of the child addict, adult or minor has completely lost their way in the world. And families have had to accept the fact that their teenage children are having babies and they bring everybody together, sometimes under one roof, to get everyone thrill. Sure, there's disappointment, but honestly, there's more opportunity. A lot more opportunity than creating an environment of control, especially around little things like the ethnicity of a profession, of a partner, or a profession that someone chooses, or your choice of religion. But it's easy because it's easier to perpetuate someone else's drama so you don't have to look at your own life. So I ask you, when someone in your life is suffering, maybe they went through a divorce and a, um, their partner cheated on them, or their son is not becoming the doctor that they, he, they want him to be. Do you stir that? Do you stoke that fire of disappointment? Or do you help them find a path to peace? I know plenty of people that walk out of divorces and 10 years later, they're still strangling the story that they were cheated on. Yet they haven't moved forward. They haven't rebuilt their life. They're being defined by something that someone else did. So do you kick people out of the clan to make more space for you? Or do you step up and say, hey, let's look at this another way. I'm reading a great book. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's comparing, it's about uh, comparing your soul to a castle. And in the book just today, I read a paragraph that started out with judging is an aggressive act of the ego. When we judge, we are creating like this violent, aggressive act against someone. And so now the family, unfortunately, is creating this area of judgment in their family when there should be unconditional love. And they are excluding and everyone around them is perpetuating the excluding. In-laws and cousins and everybody is getting involved. They're baking exclusion into the family history. And it is going to corrupt their family lines 
forever. It will stay in generations forever until someone else stops it. And if you don't stop it, I can guarantee you very few will come along that have the guts to stop it. What usually happens, and this is the truth, years later, family members who did the excluding eventually start to leave the practice of law. Maybe they've decided that they don't like the sharks. Maybe they don't like the way that there's a lack of integrity or too many hours worked. They leave just like that original family member did. And all of a sudden it's okay. Well, we can leave because we don't like it. When you examine the roots of domestic violence survivors and victims, many of us suffer from this. Victims were often shunned or excluded from family and friends for some reason, and then they ran to find some belonging. And a domestic violence abuser literally devours them in their life. Finding someone with no family ties is the goal of an abuser because he wants to isolate her. That's the chaos that can be created, and that's the danger of excluding your family members. There's no family members around to see the abuse. There's no family members to clue her in. There's no family members around for her to run to and feel safe when she's ready to escape. Now, if you are the son in this situation that I've just talked about, I, I understand that you're probably scared when you sit in these parties alone or when you have to show up at something even though you've been ousted by the group. It is a comfort in knowing that anything that they think of you is a reflection on them. And if you wait it out long enough, they're probably gonna follow your lead anyway. To them, you are just too weird. But most importantly, they are jealous that you're not just walking the party line, that you are being your own person. And the people around them, the other people that ousted you, they just like to stoke that fire of drama. They could have chosen peace. And what hit me very hard recently is they could have worked with the individuals who ousted me to help them find a path to that peace instead. But the truth is they were too scared to look at their own life. And they're now sitting around with kids who are not, who are very less than perfect, shall I say. And they have accepted those children with all of their imperfections, adults and minors. And yet I was the one that was so harshly judged. Here's how I get through it. I know that they all did the best that they could. And I did the best that I could. I'm just me. I was just trying to walk my own path. Just like that son that really didn't want to be a lawyer. He was just trying to walk their own path, his own path as well. And so you just need to sit and be very reassured that you had every right to make your own decisions for your life. Now, when I'm ready, I'm going to talk a lot more about how we do this to people in divorce, either the ex-wife who's cheated on and trashes her husband and no one is allowed to be friends with him or in a divorce situation where people don't want you to get divorced. There's a lot of exclusion that goes on and it's horrendous. It's horrendous for the people getting divorced at a time when they need support, but most importantly, when it continues years forward, it's really sad to know that people can't move on. 
So that was a pretty heavy issue, I have to say, and I'm really thankful that you stuck in here with me. My name is Dr. Jennifer Gardella, and I will be coming to you regularly with thoughts about this, um, as well as I will get back on track to thoughts about marketing and domestic violence and living a great life and getting really in touch with yourself. So this has been a special edition of Hot Mess to Great Success. I want you to think about this, do not exclude anyone. And when you hear that people are excluding or still can't get over something, lead them to a path of peace. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.